This podcast is part of the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Go to michigansportsandentertainment.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're on episode 27. So um, we got nothing going on with the show. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a normal episode. Yeah, it's a normal week and a normal episode. Um, literally no news about us or the show. Ooh, my son caught his first fish yesterday. Yeah, super cute. Or I missed son, it, but really cute. Yeah, just yours. Yeah, just mine. Um, yeah, so we'll, maybe we'll post a picture of him holding his fish. He caught a bass, which is cool. Um, he also now has very unrealistic expectations of fishing. Yeah, it was his first cast, so that's not <laughs> ideal for setting expectations. Uh, but yeah, I mean, super lucky. It was fun. Uh, anyway, so now all he wants to do is go fishing, which is cool for me. Yeah, it's super cute. Yeah, it is really cute. Um, a couple call outs this week. So we've got Christina Marie and Grace MC both dropped five star reviews for us on iTunes. So thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. And you will automatically be put in the raffle, probably a couple raffles, because if we just do a sticker at the first, like that would be kind of lame. Um, but we're going to do a swag raffle for everybody that's reached out and stuff like that. I think that's just kind of like a nice thing to do anyway. Um, yeah. So you guys already be in if any of you listeners out there want to be in on the first raffle uh or second or third reach out to us um on at skepskeppod on facebook instagram twitter wherever uh or leave an itunes review with your name the only thing is so christina marie and grace i need you guys to reach out to us on social media that way we have a way that we can get you right, these we things. actually like know who you are rather than just then your name on on itunes, iTunes yeah because through itunes like we can't get you anything so uh reach out to us uh, and if you already have reached out to us like connect it for us because we're kind of dense so uh, speak for yourself man oh really i do not recall <laughs> All right. Let's not have that conversation. No, we need to have that conversation. Let's not have that conversation. <laughs> so she was talking why are we, to why somebody. Are, wait, why are we talking about this? This is a good one. And you brought up my narwhal thing. So here we go. No, so, no, 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 no. <laughs> you were talking about something that was very specific to narwhals. Okay. So I, so I happen I'm to talk about it. About this the show. is out of nowhere. It's the show. It's not the show. It's me blanking. It's very anyway. Different. So I messaged her. While I was at work, I was like, hey, did you see this message? And she was like, no. And I was like, you're the one who answered it. You should have seen it. And she was like, I don't I didn't see this message. I saw this other message. And I was like, is there someone else on our account? Like, what are you talking? And then I like this was really late because I work nights. So I just go, you answered him. And she just goes, I do not recall. And then fell asleep. So first of all, who says I do not recall? And then second of all, you can't just fall asleep on me. Like, hey, I was like in the weird in between of like. Zombie Facebooking before I fall asleep while this happened, so. I do not recall just came out and I really didn't until I woke up the next day. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Anyways, anyway. back to normal programming. Yeah. So I thought you had a stroke. Um, yeah. So. What do we normally do here? Oh, yeah. In the news. Um, now there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I just looked at my notes, uh, which, by the way, we're trying out a video feed for the first time. So which I absolutely hate. I mean, I'm not a fan. I want to take advantage of YouTube's. Algorithm. I literally was like, hey, I would really like to talk about like cool stuff, but I don't want people to see my face. So what should I do? Oh, podcast is a great idea. And then RJ killed my idea by making me do this. I mean, there's just a lot of viewers out there that prefer to watch people. I don't know why. Um, so anyway, we're doing a video feed. So if you want to check that out, it'll be on our YouTube channel. Shockingly. At SkepSkepPod. Oh, no, actually, it isn't because YouTube is <laughs> super lame. I think I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure they're the ones that's like, you're not famous enough to determine your own username. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to get like a bunch of subscribers before they'll let us do that, I think. Sad. But uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find us. I don't know. We'll post links at the bare minimum. Speaking of posting links, that's what I was going to say. Um, I was just looking through our notes from last week and I put like three things that we were supposed to put on social media this week and we just totally didn't. So we'll do it this week. And I'll add to the list with whatever we talk about. Um, so in the news this week, Lorraine Warren, 
uh, famous ghost hunter slash medium uh, passed away this week. So oh, sad. Yeah. So if you don't know who she is, she's uh, part of like a husband wife duo, Ed Warren, and he passed away a while ago. Um, and they're very famous. They did like Amityville. Um, a bunch of movies are based off of them. Incredibly famous. So give them a Google if you don't know who they are. If you do know who they are, um, then yeah, I mean, we could just be sad about it. She was super famous in her field. And even though I think a lot of her psychic stuff and even their ghost stuff was crap, it's still worth mentioning that she was a pioneer. And, um, you know, like they were they were big for what, like, quote unquote, ghost research is, which at the bare minimum is entertainment for us. Right. Yeah, um, true. So even if you don't buy it, like it's still they went out and did it. So well, they were like the OG ghost hunters, right? Yeah. Like they were. And they like pa- paved the way for everyone else who decided to go out there and check out ghosts and right. make a job and, out of it. And for two things, like one, they didn't do it for religion. And then two, they like. I think that they truly believe they were helping people. So whether or not they faked certain things or did certain things or like even capitalized on certain things, I really do think that they went into it like trying to help people out. This makes me think of a question that I've always had. Do you believe Zach Bagans <laughs> believes he's helping people? <laughs> I do. It's, it's, <laughs> but it, he's like a toddler. Like you just poor guy. Poor like, guy. No, I feel bad for him because he really like thinks he's doing great things. But he, all he does is like, he goes in, he yells at ghosts. He's got like a he free gets ride, aggressive though. and then he gets out. He leaves and he says, I fixed it. And it's like. But his life is like so good. No, I get that. But he's also all for him being a dork. Okay, but that's also like saying that like um, Nickelback. What's his name? Chad. I knew. I knew Chad Kroger. But that's like saying Chad Kroger has it great. No, he doesn't. The dude's a huge joke. Like, yeah, sure, he has all this money from being a Nickelback, but like. He's the guy with ramen noodle hair. Dude, he took the lyrics of Rockstar and made it happen. I am not going to feel sorry for him. No, but he's a huge joke. Like he's. Yeah, he's a huge joke, but I'd rather cry into my money. No, and I agree with that. But wouldn't you rather like, you know, be good and people like you, but also have money? But that's not. I don't think when you're at that level between douchebagans and Chad Kroger ramen boy, (laughs) I don't think the question is success and actually being good or success and being bad. I think the question is where I'm at versus where I should be. It's I either have <laughs> success and I suck or I have no success and I suck. Let me put it this way. Let's There's say no good. <laughs> right. Like, let's say this podcast absolutely blows, but somebody somewhere wants to pay us millions to do it. I'll suck. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I think he legitimately believes that by aggressively yelling at ghosts and coming to ridiculous conclusions oh, about he, what they're doing, he thinks he oh, somehow think he, helped people. No, I really think he does. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's a device. I really think he thinks. Which he, that part makes me sad. Well, him. I mean, live in ignorance like that, <laughs> that'll make him think he's cool. Like, good, you know, so that's fine. Anyway. Also, why does he still shop at Hot Topic circa 2004? And the hair gel. You know he uses that, LA like... LA looks. Yes, the yes. blue one. Yeah. yeah. LA looks. Trust you me. You know he does. I know. I Your guarantee. hair cannot stand up like that if that's not what you're using. It's concrete. It's impossible for that to happen. Okay. This is, like, one of our longest openings ever. <laughs> um, Anyways. Anyway, so what are you talking about? Because I'm starting. I am going to be talking about the disappearance of the Sarah Joe. Which I have no idea what that's about. So that'll be interesting. Also, I feel our camera angles are weird. So they may change as we go. We're literally like using ghetto piles of stuff to like make with this like, happen. With like RJ's camcorders like circa 2007. <laughs> They're like as old as Douchebagans' wardrobe. <laughs> uh, no, literally. So this one's from 2011 and Rachel's uh, is from... 2008 so they're 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 oh, cranking man. along in a hard 720p um this is rough but you know hey they still work and that's really why i use them uh alternatively and i thought about this cell phones that's something a lot of people use oh yeah but we use our cell phones yeah that's true i have old cell phones but either way try. okay so i'm gonna be talking about the bridgewater triangle so thank you Brittany o'brien i believe is the one that provided that to us Oh, please, for the love of God, don't let me have gotten that wrong. But I'm, I'm like 99% sure. Um, Go with it. Have confidence in it. I have confidence. I also have the confidence to say, if I got that wrong, I will send you a sticker. So <laughs> <laughs> let me know. So just tell us he got it wrong anyways. No, no, no. I can check. 
Although it's just a sticker. So if you want to try it, I might reward your confidence. Um, but anyway, Bridgewater Triangle. So I hadn't heard of this, which is shocking because there is a ton of material. Yeah, out there I about I've this. never heard of that before. Um, so, yeah, thank you for literally pointing us in the direction, not only in like, a, oh, we should do that because she wants to hear it, but like literally never had heard of it. So she kind of described it as the Bermuda Triangle of New England. Right. Um and I've heard that kind of parallel, but this is actually one similar to more similar to Skinwalker Ranch, which we talked about all the way back in episode two, which okay. if you haven't heard it. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't. Yeah, I you, was going to say. You don't, just go read about it somewhere. Please don't. Please don't. It's our worst episode of all time. The Skinwalker Ranch part is fine, which is what Rachel presented on. I actually really like that part. Don't listen to see people one because like. You know, yeah, we'll pull back the curtain. I don't care. Um, I was super into it because I like history and stuff. Rachel was like, I have no idea what you're talking it's about at the I end of it. I don't like history. It's the fact that like I legitimately like the things you were tying it to. I at the time was like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. So I had no. Also, we were exhausted. We were super tired and it was our second episode ever. Yes. But also, I just had no context. So, like I couldn't add anything to it without we sounding really like a complete either. idiot. Because yeah. I legitimately just didn't know what you were talking about. Right. So. I really like history. Just not that part. Has nothing. To, well, you're going to get a little bit today. So that's good. Uh, um, yeah. You really like history. I do. Just not that part. Well, why'd you go? Mm. Oh, I thought you meant I was getting more of that history. No, not that history. Got it. Totally different. Um, but anyway, so skip the see people part. Unless you like history, which we had Anna Hayes uh, said she liked that part. Uh, even though to me, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Can't handle it. But. Either which way, um, Skinwalker Ranch. So back, back on topic, uh, what it was is uh, so the Bermuda Triangle, and this is kind of common in the paranormal world. You'll have these places in Earth where stuff kind of disappears. And then you'll have these places in the world where creepy stuff congregates. So they kind of like they, people like to say they reciprocate. I have no idea if they do or not. But this one is more similar to Skinwalker Ranch in that very few things disappear. Mostly this is where a bunch of creepy stuff Just congregates. Weird stuff. Yeah. Yep. So the Bridgewater Triangle was first described by researcher Lauren Coleman um, in the 1970s, which he is like a renowned Bigfoot researcher. So that's how I got on his radar. Um, it is. Sorry, how do you be, like. How do you become a renowned Bigfoot researcher? Yeah, because he put out books and actually uh, successfully sold them. And I, stuff. No, but I just mean like we found like such a small amount of evidence. Like, how do you become someone that people are like? Although we know very little on this topic and we found almost nothing. You're the guy. You're the guy. So I've always wondered that because obviously per the podcast, I've listened and watched shows like this for a long time. Yeah, right. I love the little name badge. It's like Bigfoot researcher yeah, or Bigfoot expert. it just sounds expert. ridiculous. Well, it's like, man, how do you earn that? But though? it's like if a, being a Bigfoot expert is like being the crappiest expert ever because you only have to know this much information. I don't know though, but, like, but they're like out in the field. Like, no, and I get that. I just mean like when lot. I think of an expert, right? Like if someone is like an expert on like yeah, that means psychology they have like or something. It means knowledge. they have like a plethora. Well, but these of people knowledge. do have a lot of but, knowledge. But only like, but uh, there's only so much you can have of big. Oh, part. trust me, I don't like them. By the way, if you ever want to like rage out while watching something. Uh, there, there's the Flat Earth documentary on Netflix. And then also on Netflix, there's Discovering Bigfoot. And whoa, what a joke. He's the <laughs> they literally like the title is a lie. Yeah. Well, no. And it's like he's the douchebagans of Bigfoot. Like, oh, no. So he like at least this is my this is my opinion. If you're a huge fan of this, then I apologize forthright, because if this is all legit, then holy shit, like this dude knows Bigfoot personally. But like, <laughs> um, if it's not, which I highly doubt it is, my right. BS meter is going up. He essentially like takes these people that are like cynics of Bigfoot, right? And brings them to remote pieces of land and shows them Bigfoot evidence. But it's like he staged the evidence like there's no way he didn't. Right. He's just like, wow, what do you think about that? There's like a a teepee that Bigfoot made. <laughs> it's not a teepee, but it's they're, they're common, and that's what people say. They're called like, they're called like Bigfoot falls or whatever. But like, it's where trees will fall in a way that's yeah, totally right. unnatural. That something it, had to knock it, it down. Looks like something knocked it down, but it's like I mean, he's guiding you through the woods, and you happen across like seventeen things of Bigfoot right. evidence. Like, Clearly, he went there beforehand. Which, and, and and here's my thing: if he was just outright like. I found this before. I just have to show Honest it to you. It, yeah. yeah, like there's no way that pictures can do it justice. Come here. Like I've GPS marked it. Like that's fine. That's totally different. Man, we are really on about tangents. 
are off on tangents. They're happening today. Yeah. Anyway, so Moral discovering story, Bigfoot it's rage. Yeah, crazy. you can go rage out. Yeah. Um, so this expert of a small amount of knowledge. Yeah. Um, extremely small. Uh, okay. So. Yeah, Lauren Coleman in the 1970s uh, was talking about a location of around 200 square miles, which comprises of towns of Abington, Rehoboth, Freetown, um, which are at the angles of the triangle, and then um, Bridgewater, West Bridgewater, North Middleborough, Segregansett, Dighton, which a lot of these words come back up, North Dighton, Berkeley, Myricks, Rainham, and East Taunton and Taunton, okay, are all okay, within the triangle. Now I wish you wouldn't have said the cities because I'm going to sound dumb. But where is this at in New England? Massachusetts, okay. apparently. But um, yeah, I mean, I've never been there, so I don't know any of these places. I only say that so that if you look on Google Maps, you can kind yeah, of yeah, you like, can see it. Yeah, yeah. But, what, but and honestly, if you just Google it, like I even have a picture that I can push and put out. Puss. <laughs> <laughs> I can post. Um, but it's like a, a total. Uh, it, it's a perfect triangle. So the, the only thing about the triangle as well, because, you know, there's a whole like, why is it triangles and stuff all around the world? Um, a lot of people say like a lot of this uh, circumstances that I'm going to talk about, like are outside of this triangle. So it's just a generality where like with Bermuda and like some other triangles around the world, like some of the like lore is the fact that it's triangle. I think that's BS. I think really what it is, is just like when you're talking about wide swaths of land and you have to make landmarks, like a triangle is super easy to do. Yeah, that's, that's true. Know? And like when it's a square, people are just like, well, it makes sense. It's, it's a literally the smallest of amount of yeah. points you can have. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think there's anything behind the triangle thing, but that's just me. Anyway, so the Wampanoag tribe, I... <sighs> I've listened to multiple people say this. I don't think I'm butchering it, but if I am, I apologize. You're Native American. I'm Native American. Ooh, I used to be. I'm not anymore. Uh-oh. Oh, I might be illegitimately on my dad's side. I don't know. But, Anyways. Um, but anyway, you are, so not sorry to you. that kind, and I don't know how to say it, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, anyway, so there's a swamp right in the middle of this triangle called the Hokamok Swamp. Hokamok. Um... And it translates to the place where people, place where people dwell. That's everywhere. The place where, <laughs> <laughs> the place where spirits dwell um, from the Wampanoag tribe. Uh, that's they got to be in a swamp. The spirits. Oh, because it's an 8,000 year old burial ground. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah. And then. Um, that was nice. For once you actually had an answer for me. That was <laughs> what, awesome. For once. No, I just mean like in general in our things, like normally there's not answers. Like our whole episode, oh, last like, episode yeah, was just like, why Denver Airport? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, I got you. No, this time. it Yeah, it makes sense. It um, was really satisfying. Yep. So the colon- colonialists, the colonists, although both, they were colonials and colonists, um, they called it the devil's swamp. So this swamp doesn't have a good reputation not it's not a great place to be so tons of ghosts because of the burial ground thing right but mostly it's known for its cryptids so bigfoot um in 1970 which which is what brought uh lauren coleman around in the first place um there were reports of bigfoot like feet um and a seven foot tall hairy monster uh was tormenting uh bridgewater and massachusetts state police and the canine unit uh, and every cop in the area was forced to do a 48 hour search for this thing. Wow. Yeah. So uh, they they were thinking initially it was a bear, but neither a large hairy man or, nor a bear were ever found. So it was a pretty serious thing. And that's what what kind of brought the focus onto it for Lauren Coleman to be like, OK, let me look yeah, at the right. lore and then designate it the Bridgewater Triangle. So a couple other things is there is an island out there where there's fame to be like a small Bigfoot, like where they think it's like an adolescent um, on this small island. So they think like they've searched the island multiple times, can't find any um, evidence of it. But like say sightings of this little red Bigfoot just keep popping up. Um, now, I don't know if you know this, but because um, we haven't done our Bigfoot special yet, we will. Uh, but some people think like Bigfoot's actually like a paranormal entity, right? He's okay. not physical. Wait, so, I feel like we talked about this one of our episodes. Probably. But anyway, so that would uh, that would kind of make up for that one. Also, the skunk ape is there, which is a Bigfoot type figure, um, but where he stinks like a skunk, weirdly. And then also has like a white I kind strip. of assume that most I kind of assume that most anything that lives in the woods like that stinks like a skunk. 
Mm, skunks are very Maybe not particular. specifically a skunk, but they're all stinky. Like, it's not like you're going to meet a Bigfoot and be like, well, that's a well-groomed sure. man. But a skunk ape is like a regionally specific type of Bigfoot. So it's just it. interesting that they're both there. Um, then there's also the Thunderbird, which is like a pterodactyl type bird, which has a wingspan of like eight to 12 feet. I don't like that. And there's also a giant snake out there. So like a lot of cryptids mm. all in one fairly small area. Um, OK, and then also nearby the swamp is Anawan Rock, which uh, a chief Anawan surrendered to King Philip to end the King Philip's War, which the King Philip's War, just quick, because I thought this was very interesting and it's not covered enough. Like I'd heard of it, but I don't really didn't know what it was. Um, so the war is named for King Philip, who was also known by his uh, Wampanoag name uh, of Medicom. So he was a, a tribe member who like asked for a Christian name and he was given the name Philip. And then um the King Philip's War was like the last major resistance against colonization. But right. it also was like and it, it's called the first Indian War. Um, it was the most deadly war in American history in regards to percentage of population. It's the single greatest 17th century disaster. And it's also been considered more of a civil war because the Wampanoag tribe, the Nipmuc tribe, the Narragansett tribe and the Pocumtuck tribe and the Mohegan tribe and the Mohawk tribe were all involved as well as the oh, col wow. colonists. Yeah. So um, two of these were allied with the colonists and then, or three of them were, and then uh, three were allied with King Philip. Um, so very interesting. But uh, during this surrender, uh, it said that um, Anawan, like when he died, he cursed the land. And so of course he did. Right. And so just like Skinwalker Ranch was based off of a, colonial oh, yeah, war that, that's true yeah so very interesting there and then also the uh it is said that like near this rock you'll still see like his um warriors dancing around um part of the ghosts there so another thing that's very prominent in this area is ufos so the first documented ufo was in may 10th of 1760 at 10 in the morning there was a sphere of fire um, that was noticed over New England. And as per the historical records, the UFO emitted light adequately bright to cast a shadow in bright sunlight. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then in 1908 on Halloween night, Bridgewater was once again visited and the incident was well documented in the local newspaper and two undertakers um, that were driving a carriage from West Bridgewater to the center of Bridgewater um, saw it when the incident took place, which was around 3 a.m. Um, they described the object as an unusually strong lantern that was around two and a half feet in diameter and lighting a large object like a balloon bag. And they watched it for around 40, min 40 minutes. So people who um, didn't see this were like, well, it's a hot air balloon, right? Yeah. Well, they said sense. that it flew in circles and even perpendicular to things. So it was moving at will. Which, as we've learned, hot air balloons do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're at the mercy of anything but their own decisions. <laughs> I got up, I got down. What do you want? Um, exactly. But anyway, so the, uh, yeah, um, of course they're going to relate it to a hot air balloon. Like that's what the only thing they've seen flying. Right. Um, but if they saw something else with anything kind of like fire powered, like it could yeah, have still been that. Yeah, it's 1908. Right. So, um, in 1968, several saw... Um, several people saw a UFO in the trees of Rehoboth, Rehoboth, Rehoboth. I don't know. Um, and then in the 70, 70s, there were frequently like UFO sightings reported in the newspapers because it was part of the culture at this time. In 1976, there were two witnesses that saw one landing on Route 44 in Taunton. And in 1994, um, a policeman reported um, seeing one over his town of Rainham. And so he like reported it to his superiors and stuff. So very, very interesting there. Um, and the town of Rainham frequently receives reports of glowing balls of light uh, floating over the ground at the local dog track. So very weird. Um, in East Freetown, uh, just off Route 24, there were a lot of mutilations and alleged animal sacrifice that Aww. were discovered in the Freetown Fall River State Forest. Uh, there, It was like long believed this was a site for ritual murders. Of course, there's Satan-y stuff going on right, here. Right, not just animal sacrifice, but also human murders that were committed oh. by satanic cults occurred there. And the forest is also the site of many suicides, which adds to the atmosphere. 
Um, Profile Rock is another big area there, which actually it's a beautiful rock. So Google it. We could post a picture. Oh, man, we have video. I could have just gone like, but oh, well, I'll do it in the video. <laughs> there we go. There you go. So anyway, uh, there it is. <laughs> video magic. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm pretty. No. Nah, uh, anyway, so Profile Rock is in the Freetown Fall River State Forest, and it has a good view like of the whole area. So that's why it was used by the tribe to like kind of stake it out and make yeah, sure right. nothing it was like their pride rock. Yeah, it looks a lot like that, too, actually, weirdly. Um, I didn't even know that. Yeah, but it does. Um, but anyway, so um, Anawang, the the Wampanoag uh, person that like died at that rock. Right. Um, he received the lost wampum belt, which the wampum belt of the Wampanoag people uh, was the cause of like significant paranormal unrest, um, including the ghost warriors that haunt Bridgewater Triangle. And it's because it was taken away. And this is a very spiritual like symbol to them. Um, there was also like some uh, ceremonial ghost dancers that are still seen on the rock. And um, there's also like a, an Indian man sitting cross-legged that's frequently seen on this rock. Also, there's an urban legend about it, which uh, I saw nothing to kind of substantiate this, but it's still worth mentioning that um, two lovers were supposed to meet there one night and the guy didn't show up. And so the woman jumped off and killed herself. And then, yeah, it's Severe a severe reaction. Yeah. A little uh, Romeo and Juliet there. But um, but yeah, so not only that, but like, I guess if you go to that rock, like you'll frequently like feel the want to go jump off the rock. Um which some people have connected to like a uh, mischief spirit from Native American lore that's similar to like right. Loki. Yeah. Um, making you want to do that. Then there's Dighton Rock, which has etchings that have been uh, traced back to patterns seen in Native American, Viking, and Phoenician writing. So that's very weird. Huh. Um, and its origins have never actually been like pinpointed. And then as far as ghosts go, so in Taunton. Uh, Massachusetts is the Taunton State Hospital, which has just classic ghost sightings, um, orbs touching. And then visitors at the time or like people staying there would report shadow people in the corner, like watching them as they healed um, and stuff. So Ugh. just like a classic, like one can, that we can would you do. imagine if you saw a shadow person and you just had a surgery that means you can't move. Yeah, that's like, like you're like just laying there in your bed and you're like. Uh, yeah. And this is prior to like the, the, the nurse call button. So you're just like, Oh, please. Um, yeah, but this one's one that like we could do an episode on like the hauntings are, but they're very classic. Like there's just nothing super like out there about it. Right. Um, but it's just weird that just it's also, and it's like almost smack of the mill hauntings. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then this one's one that I thought was very weird, but there's a redheaded, uh, heavily bearded hitchhiker, ghost hitchhiker all around the area, but mostly on, uh, I think it was route 44. Over 200 reported sightings of this. Here's the other weird part. So, like, as far as the urban legend goes of, like, the ghost hitchhiker, normally it's an old woman or a young woman. Almost always. Um, but this is a very specific red-haired yeah, man. it's like a one dude. Right. Um, he's even been run over. And the lady, like... I mean, he passed through the car, but she thought, well, maybe that was just my way of coping with things. So she stopped the car to get out and he was just like standing there smiling and laughing at her. He has a super creepy smile and a super creepy laugh that if you go to pick him up or even if you drive by him, um, you'll hear it. And this one person even reported like after stopping the car to go look at him, um, she was driving away and the radio had his laugh in it. Um, which, and it, it synced up with his mouth and it just creeped her totally out but mm. 200 sightings um yeah oh, wow there's actually a subreddit devoted to the bridgewater triangle so you can check that out as well um and then the last one is a trucker uh who goes around copacut road blaring his horn and like threatening passing motorists but like the weird part is like so he'll get behind you ride your ride your ass and like just like honk his horn and do like crazy trucker stuff and then once he passes you his truck fades away and just disappears <laughs> There's just a spirit that's like, yeah. I'm not ready to go to heaven yet. No, this is I my just, favorite thing. I just need to ride people's asses and honk at them. Right. So there are more stories out there, but those were the ones that were like just sighting after sighting after sighting after sighting. Um, those were the most substantial ones. But that is a lot for an area, even a big area. So I have two like ideas, I guess, about these kind of things. Like my first is always in places like this. Do you think it's like more likely that 
because there's already whatever happening is already like the Bigfoot thing happening, then people become hyper sensitive and hyper ready for these things. And also much more likely to latch onto it when someone talks about it. Right. Like in a, in a town where this isn't happening, if someone like knocks on your door and says, I saw an alien spaceship, you're like, Oh, whatever. Crazy man. Maybe you were wasted. But in a town like that, one person says it, everybody's like, Oh yeah, everybody's seen them. Now there's also or, aliens. Yeah. yeah right. It just like grows the legend. That's one idea in my mind. But the other one that's more, less like logical and more on the like paranormal side is like because of all the history there and because of the bad things that happened there. And if we want to go ahead and like say there's a chance curses are real, which I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a strong opinion on curses, mostly because I just have nothing. Um, Then there's a chance that obviously like, that place just happens to be a hub for these things because of the negative um, things that have happened there and like feelings, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Those are kind of my, my two go-tos for that on each side, I guess. Yeah. I think, well, and I think just, I mean, par for the course for the show, but also how I feel, which is it's probably a mix of both. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but maybe there's not anywhere near as much happening. Yeah. One well, I think stuff with the paranormal, right? And, and I've said this, like, I think like 99% of it's BS, but like that 1% really intrigues me. I think that really at the end of the day, like where you are in the circumstances you're around is whether or not you pay attention to that 1%. Yeah. Well, because that's another thing. Like what if these people are more hyper aware, but because of that, they are legitimately they're seeing legitimately things. Seeing, yeah. And maybe not every time, but like, or because of that, they're more willing to talk about it when they right, see it right. and they're more willing to believe it. So it's talked about more well, when in other thing, places, like, like you'd be afraid to say it. Cause right. you're like, I don't, people are thinking I'm crazy. Right. And then especially like with having this, um, podcast, like to your point, right? Like the whole talk about it thing. Like I never knew how many people have like a experience, like just one or like a series, but like, Almost everybody has something that they're yeah, like, right. you know, like Mike from Massive Life. He was like, yeah, I've never had anything happen. And like that he's the only person since we started talking about this stuff that has pretty much said that. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure we have some listeners that and I would love to hear from that as well. But like the vast majority of people we talk to, it's like, yeah, I had one thing happen, you know, at least. Um, and I think that's the thing that like, OK, so you have a region with a population of a bunch of people. And now like the gate is lifted to talk about it. And there you go. You got a bunch of like, but I mean, see in the whole, like, well, now we're sensitive to it thing. Like if like red haired people were the native American tie, like then I would get it. But like this red haired thing, like there's gotta be something to it. Like but then I almost feel, I don't know in certain aspects when it comes to paranormal things, I almost feel like the higher numbers you get of sightings, the less real it is, the more it is of just people thinking they see things or imagining things or, like putting it in their brain or saying they did because that other guy said he did or were a little too drunk while they were driving or something and imagined something or saw an actual hitchhiker and thought it was that guy. Like it's confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah. That's always like, like, I don't know. And I, and then maybe that, and that sucks, right? We talk about that a lot. That sucks because there's a chance that most of these people did see that guy, did see that ghost, whatever. Right. Or even some of these people did, but because of the sheer number of it to me, it always looks like 200, 200, like, the likelihood of even half of those people actually seeing this specific redheaded ghost isn't very high. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think, it, but it is super interesting. I think it's just something about the area that like that. I mean, that's even more. Well, so if Skinwalker Ranch were open to the public, maybe we'd be saying differently, but yeah, that's true. Skinwalker Ranch is very, this is like the most now. dense and it's only a couple hundred years. Cause our country's like new. That's another part of it too. Yeah. Like this is one of the more historical areas of our country. So maybe that's why it's one of the most dense as well. Paranormal paranormally speaking. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, it's like, honestly, I'm, I'm really glad I like looked into this because it's like really interesting. There's just so many, in in a very small area and and not like it's heavily populated either. Like this is pretty like decent woods and stuff like that as well. So yeah. Interesting story. Yeah. I always feel like with, uh, with, um, things like this, like the Bermuda, Bermuda triangle and like this, like weird areas that we a lot of weird things happen. I don't really have like, that's one of those that's like, I have no idea. Like it really could just be well, and that's the thing, like, like a hub for paranormal. Who knows? Right. Like, let's say it really is paranormal. Like man, 
at that point, it's just so many things that we don't know. And really, it's honestly pointless to even like. Guess. Also, what would be really interesting to me is understanding like how they connect to each other. Like, how is it that because Bigfoot is there that attracts UFOs and then that attracts ghosts and then or the ghosts attract them in the first place, whatever. You know what I mean? Like. How does that all configure if like we're going to go ahead and be full well, the on crazy like believers than paranormal people, the crazy ones. I don't say like all paranormal people are crazy, but no, the I, crazy, I know what yeah. you mean. Um, the crazy ones will say it's because like you have like, let's say they, they pick their linchpin, right? So like if it's ghosts, they say that, well, ghosts are manufactured by like a tear in like the fabric of reality, right? And then Bigfoot can take advantage of that. And then he's there. And then aliens can take advantage of that. Or like you start with aliens. Well, when an alien shows up in a place that just disrupts everything. Now Bigfoot can be there. And so can. And so like because that's what they say about Skinwalker Ranch. That's that's this. That's Hoyabachi Forest. Like a bunch right. of different places where they kind of say that. I, I think I think that's probably just a combination of like socially. There's a place where you can talk about it. And then. Yeah, because there's a chance a lot of those things are happening in a lot of places. Maybe yeah. not as much as that place. Right. But. Yep. Anyway, um, let's take a quick break for some ads. I have no idea how I'm going to do this on video, but probably, I don't know. Anyway, this is going to be really interesting. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Carol. And we're the hosts of Retro Late Fee. We are stuck in 1994. And we can't get out. <laughs> We're watching all the movies and TV shows that you probably remember, I guess. Somehow we're speaking to you through some kind of time portal. Right. Uh, join us every week for great movies and TV shows from 25 years ago. <laughs> it's fun, I swear. So I want to take a moment to talk about PodCoin. It's a new app that's out there that actually pays you to listen to podcasts, which considering you're listening to our podcast, I would think maybe you're interested in this. Um, for every 10 minutes that you listen to it, you're going to get something called a PodCoin, which you can use to rack up uh, gift cards or stuff for charity. So like we do calories for dogs or like dog food as Rachel so adamantly wants me to call it, but they count it in calories. And so dadgummit, we've donated like 9,000 calories to pups. Um, it's pretty great. So no other podcast app lets you do that. So check it out. Podcoin use our promo code skep skep S K E P S K E P all caps, no spaces, and you'll get 300 free Podcoins uh, for your session with Podcoin. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about the, um, what am I going to be talking about? Disappearance of the Sarah Joe. The disappearance of the Sarah Joe. Thank you. On February 11th of 1979 in Hana, Hawaii on Maui. I don't always know how to say that right. Maui? Because it's like, no, it's like Hawaii, Maui, Hana. Right? What? How do you say, like, okay, like. You said it perfectly. I know, but like my whole thought, like, okay, Texas is the state I live in. But we're not islands. That's I get it. It's just confusing to me. Anyways, in Maui, in a town called Hana. On Maui. See? It doesn't make <laughs> any sense to me. On Maui, in a town called Hana. Sure. Okay? Okay. Five guys decided to go out fishing. And they went on a boat called Sarah Joe. Okay? Um, they were all experienced fishermen who went out all the time together. They did it for fun, but it was a very normal thing for them. So they go out um, at 10 a.m. And when they left, it was like a clear, sunny, beautiful day and the water was totally calm. But as we know, because we took our honeymoon in Hawaii, like weather changes super fast there real quick. So um, by the later morning, not even very long after, um, the wind suddenly like changed really fast direction, which obviously... I didn't know this, but means that a storm is coming. Um, so as the storm grew, one of the men who leave, who left his father, his name was John. He got very concerned, obviously, for his son. So he went out um, to try to kind of see if he could see the boat and kind of wave them back just in case they hadn't really under, like seen that the storm was coming. Um, but by then they were gone. He couldn't see them. So then he um, got in his boat and went about a mile out and searched basically the whole coast of the island and couldn't find couldn't find the boat at all. Um, and then he was, of course, forced to come back because the storm was really, really bad. 
So um, they did not come back the next day. So John continued his search and had no luck. Um, he got his friend, John Naughton, who was a marine biologist, in on the search. That's important. And the Coast Guard also joined in, but couldn't find anything either. So after five days, they had searched 73,000 square miles um, all around Maui. And when they came up with nothing, they suspended their search, which, like, they also, you know, how there's all those, like, little dinky islands all around. They, like, searched those areas also and found nothing. Yeah, I mean, 73,000 miles is, like, a huge amount. Like, that's... Yeah, they went really far. Yeah, that's massive. Okay. And, and I mean, and not only did they, obviously they didn't find them, but they didn't find any, like, evidence of them. Any, like, a boat washed up anywhere. How big was this boat? Um, 17 feet. That is a very small boat. Yes, it was a little boat. Our ski boat's, like, 22 feet. Yeah, it was small. I mean, it was just a little fishing boat that they go out on and... Well, I mean, I'm just saying, that's hard to find. Yeah, small boat. Um, so after weeks of searching the water and the beach for any sign of the boat... Or the men on it, the people of the city gave up and everyone basically decided they were. I mean, the rescue operations are incredibly expensive. Yeah. There was actually, um, uh, what's her name? Amelia Earhart. Yeah. So after her, they spent so much time and money like looking for her that the whole like celebrity pilot thing like fell off because of that. Because like they didn't want the risk of another one oh, yeah. going missing where like they would have to just dump. Have to put that much so money into much it. Money. Yeah. Um, that's but, a lot of travel time. That's a lot of searching areas. That's well, a lot just of for people. These, all just for these um, flights that, although it pushed aviation, like was really cool for history. Um, like it's just needless risk, essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not worth the risk. Right. Fun fact. Tangents on point today. Anyway, so they gave up. Everybody basically decided these guys were dead or gone or whatever. So 10 years later... On September 9th, 1988, John Naughton, remember him, the marine biologist? He was on a wildlife expedition 2,000 miles away from Hawaii in the Marshall Islands, doing his marine biologist thing. So they were going around in their boats, and there was a disturbed, disturbed. There was a deserted atoll called Atoll. Atoll, at, atoll. Mm, no, I've never know. even heard that word before. So it's like a small island. I, I, I assumed. Thank you. <laughs> um, called Tanogi. Uh, he spotted a small wrecked boat, so he went ashore because that's not normal. This These is are, the marine biologist. Right? Yes. Okay. Who happened to be helping the dad? And this is while he was still on the search, or after they called it no, off? No, no. This was ten. This was ten years later. Ten years. Were oh, you yeah. listening? I missed that part. It's nineteen eighty-eight. My goodness. Ten full years. He just happens to be on this wildlife expedition wow. doing this, okay? okay? So he sees a small wrecked boat, which is obviously a big deal because, like, no one lives in these. These are deserted. Yeah. That's the point. Um, so this is what he said he found. Quote, on the boat, there were still a few letters and numbers from the registration number. And immediately I saw that it started with HA, which indicates that the boat was registered in Hawaii. the Hawaiian Islands, mm -hmm. right? So then about 60 yards away from the boat, he found a shallow grave. He said, quote, when we got up there, we could see immediately that there was a human jaw protruding out of the pile of rocks. At that time, we had no way of knowing that the gravesite was associated with the wrecked whaler. The, it was, the boat was a Boston whaler. Mm -hmm. That's why he said whaler. End quote. So they checked the island, looked all over, but found no one else to be there. So then they contacted the Coast Guard and had them look up the registration number and it shot, it was the Sarah Joe, Right. Um, the remains were excavated from the grave and the body was identified as Scott Mormon, which he was one of the men that had been on the boat. Um, but there was something else buried with him and I'm going to let John tell you what it was. Quote, it was a sheaf of paper and I'd say a book, except it was not bound probably three inches by three inches by maybe three fourths of an inch thick. But between each one of these pieces of paper, there was a very small square piece of tin foil material we have not been able to determine who placed that there or what purpose it serves. Quote, end quote. Like it was buried with him. A, like unbound book with tin foil in between each page. I have got nothing. In my eyes, that has to be something sentimental. It has to be something like it meant something to them or. But, but you don't take something like that on a fishing trip generally. Maybe Scott took that everywhere. Maybe that was like his thing. I don't know. But then people would know that. They'd be like, oh, that's Yeah, Scott. somebody would be like, that's his book. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So we're about to make this like, this is where it comes into our realm. Okay. So 
Obviously, the boat could have easily drifted this island after the storm, if it got wrecked in the storm, right? And that would have taken about three months to get from Hana to, or Maui, sorry, to Tanogi, Tanogi, okay? But a U.S. government survey was done six years after the men disappeared on this island, and it was deserted. There was no one on it. Also, three months drifting to have someone be alive enough to put to put you in the ground. Right. So also where like, OK, the boat was obviously destroyed on the island. Right. Right. So if it got destroyed in. In the storm, where were they for six years? Right. And if it didn't get destroyed in the storm, why didn't they come home? Right. Okay. No, I mean, yeah, obviously. Do you have more? So, also, <laughs> I mean, not answers. Also, um, what happened to the other men? And who buried Scott Mormon? And where did that person go? Because they're not on the island yeah, they're anymore. Not, they're not there, and the boat's there. And obviously, someone buried him because he was in a grave. So, the only thing I could think of is that um, some passerby ship found him dead on a ship and a lot of like sailing culture is people deserve to be buried on land. So they just picked that spot and then towed the boat. But don't you think that they would take his body to land? So I have to, I mean, I'd look it up of where Tanogi is, but depending on how far away it is, like um, there's a couple things to that. Like a lot of, uh, a lot of people in international waters don't want to get caught up with murder because that's just a whole like, thing that they don't even want to have to deal with because you have no proof that it wasn't you well and just yeah i mean and really at the end of the day too it's like i'm uh, normally you're out there for a job right so do i delay everything i'm doing for somebody who's already dead that makes sense um or do i just try to give them a respectful burial as best as i possibly can but six years i mean floating around maybe six years just him ocean's a huge place i get that but he only ended up 200 miles away. It's not like he ended up halfway across the world. Unless he literally floated across the world like he three came, times. Well, not, but like floating around on currents. Yeah. And, and no one came happened back. to find it in that time. Six years. I don't know how sailed that area is, too. But I mean, don't get me wrong. It's weird. But we're talking about it happening once. So, yeah, I mean, I buy it. No, it's not that I don't buy it. It's just like I want an explanation. Yeah, I mean, I, not to bow humbug on like, well, I mean, well, I'll talk about some weird stuff here in a minute, but like, I think the most like accurate thing that could have happened was just they died in the storm, had no way of getting back, motor was down or whatever. So then they floated around, eventually died of dehydration or whatever. You said they died in the storm. Well, I, sorry, the motor died in the storm. Oh, got it. Um, but what happened to the other three? They, like- they, they probably made a swim for it. Because think about it, like if you're in a boat and you know you're floating further and further away, because only 200 miles, like you can swim a long way when you're desperate um, and you know you're not going to get this boat back and you know all you're doing is just going further away. Those guys probably made a swim for something. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know. And then I think Scott's just the only one that stuck with the boat. He was probably found dead. Somebody tried to do a good thing and here we are. That is so weird. It's just that's the, it's just one of those things that it's like the best we can do, though, is speculate and guess. Well, when your best because you're guess, just never going to know when your best guess is all this natural stuff happened and they floated around for seven years. Like, that's just weird. And just a random dude happened to like because my thought is like, I get it. The whole idea of like you deserve to be buried on land. But at the same time, it's like if I'm not going to like even report you or like if I had say my job is more important than you, why would I waste the time to go to this deserted Island that I know I'm not going to, there's yeah. no way you're going there for your job and actually bury somebody, and which to, is a ton of work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, it was a shallow well, grave. not well, apparently yeah. Yeah. But still like it's a lot of work. Yeah. And what was the weird book thing? I mean, the alternative is maybe they were, maybe they did live on the Island and then the guys tried to like go on a raft or, or swim away as well. And Scott just didn't make it to that point. The weird book thing, though, that one really trips me out because that's just weird. Wait, what do you but what do you mean? Sorry, what was that last part? Oh, yeah, no, because the survey was Yeah, they couldn't have lived there. Wow, that's so weird. Because it's like, that's always my thought is like if obviously the boat had to be destroyed in the storm because if it wasn't, they would have come home. Oh, yeah. There's no way they wouldn't have. 
Well, I mean, even if it wasn't destroyed, like even if it could float. Yeah, exactly. They would have gone being home. Able power. No, not even. Hey. Oh, no, I know. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I know that. But I just mean like it had to get messed up in the first place. Like there's no way they could have used it in that six years no. is what I mean. No, no chance. Yeah. Weird. That's it's a good one. It's just a crazy story. How did you find that? Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> nice. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I, I just, it's just one of those that it's like you just, there's so many ways to speculate and so many things you can think of. But at the same time, it's like you're going to come up with nothing because it's like. It could all. It could be a super normal answer. It could yep. be a really weird answer. It could be. Oh, I think I'm going to do an episode on ghost ships and stuff like this because, like, I forgot about that whole side of things. Like, I love that stuff. It's just also like the crazy coincidence. I mean, I know I get it. The ocean is huge, but it's also just the crazy idea of like you. Fl- if what you're saying is true, even with yours, which is probably the most plausible thing I can think of. Still, the fact that you happen to float around in a boat for six years, like... Nobody noticed. It's a really long time to just be floating around dead. I think another thing, too, though, to the whole floating around thing is, um, at least if it's like the Philippines, if that's what we're talking about, like, or like even diving vessels, like a lot of the time, like, you will see like boats just floating around, like where people are diving or swimming or fishing or... Yeah, but this Something. boat. Oh, that's another thing too, though. Like when they came up to the boat on the island, it was wreckage. Yeah, and a Boston Whaler is like a kind of a nice boat. Like we're not talking about like a canoe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It wasn't like just oh, our motor broke. It was it was a wreckage it was a of wrecked, a boat. Wrecked boat. Yeah, that's weird. Hmm. Good story. I like it. Thanks, I did too. All right. Um, I've got nothing. You got something? Never. Okay. So this has been another episode of Skeptical Skeptics. Um, oh, we plugged Retro Late Fee today, um, and I really think you guys should check that it's, one out. It's really fun. It's cool. Um, and I think it's just a really cool concept. Like I, I would, I would like to have been that creative <laughs> with something. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, check them out. Uh, also follow, like us, review, um, and again, like we'll do a couple swag raffles, maybe like a twenty dollar Amazon gift card or something. And we'll actually post pictures of the things we talk about this time. Yes. So I will take notes and we'll actually do it. Our social media presence has been uh, a little disappointing lately. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, feel free to give us feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, and oh, sorry, I meant to plug this earlier. Uh, scary stories. We still need some more. Um, I think we have an almost enough for the episode, uh, but it wouldn't hurt to have a few more. So if you have anything that you know of that was scary to happen to you, uh, and this is one I've been talking about that I haven't done lately, um, I will make a voicemail number so that you guys can call in as well. But I also haven't had anybody like, hey, I really want this to happen. So <laughs> I don't think it's going to really matter, but I'll still do it. So please reach out to us with your stories. Also, it doesn't have to be just ghosts. It could be anything. Anything. An alien, freaking Bigfoot. A weird animal. Or and it, and it can be it can be secondhand. Like this doesn't have to be super well researched or anything either. So, um, yeah. But yeah, so we'll compile those and uh, do that at some point as well. And we're about three episodes away from our next special, which will be Bigfoot. So very excited about that one, too. Um, anyway, have a good week. Bye. La, 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 la.